Welcome back, everybody. This is part two to last week's episode, and we got Mitchell still here, and we got a last few topics that we want to talk about today, so let's get start. Let's get nasty. Let's do it. All right. So just to start all this off is one of the big things that I wanted to talk about since you know we got the great Mitchell here, and uh, in case you guys didn't know, He's an avid gamer. That's right. I've been playing for a long, long time. I love, I love some games. Exactly. So why not have a little bit of fun and let's talk about some games that are upcoming and, of course, some games that we're currently playing, right? Yeah, let's do it. Let's, uh, let's, let's hop right in. Exactly. So to start this out, I'll start it out, is a game that I was currently playing for a bit was none other than God of War Ragnarok. And just to start it out, lived up to the hype fucking enjoyed every bit of that fucking game mm-hmm. kratos lived up to his name great storytelling and the best part is i still got a lot of side missions to do right right so let's uh let's let's start with the uh our background in gaming so are you more of a console gamer what what did you have growing up um yeah i would say i'm more of a console gamer so the first console i ever had if you can believe it not a Super Nintendo, as old as I may seem, I'm not that old, is the first console I ever had was a Sega. Okay, yeah. And uh, one of the first games I ever had was Sonic. Really? Yeah. So, we're talking about Sonic the Hedgehog has, was my childhood growing up. Then, of course, following that up was a PS1, uh, PS2, and then I've just stuck with PlayStation all the way through. Yeah. So, I've been actually an avid God of War fan since the beginning because... As you know, it was, uh, I believe it was a PS1 or PS2 uh, product. Exclusive, yeah. Exclusive and mm-hmm. a product also. So from there, I just became obsessed. How about you, Mitchell? What was your first console? So uh, you're you're a couple of years older than me. So I never had the, uh, what is it, Sega Genesis, you said? or Yep, Sega Genesis. I right. never had that. I had the N64, Nintendo 64. And... Um, you know, it speaks for itself. The Nintendo sixty four is a legendary console. Oh, absolutely! Smash Brothers, uh, Pokemon Stadium, fuck the list goes on. Oh, Mario Bros. Uh, uh, what was it? Mario Bros. sixty four. Yeah, yeah. Um, my favorite game back in the day was a Donkey Kong sixty four. It it was like the the cartridge, but it was like all yellow, and you got to play as like Donkey Kong and Diddy, and Kong. Diddy Kong and Chunky Kong and. Uh, what was her name? Tiny Kong? Yeah, the, so. the sister or the cousin or whatever. I yeah. loved that game. Like, you got to play as each different character. And I would play with my parents. So my dad was uh, Chunky, and then I played as Diddy. No, he played as uh, Donkey Kong. I played as Diddy, and my mom played as, uh, I think, Tiny Kong's her name. <laughs> so that was uh, a really good memory. And then from that point, we got the PlayStation 2. So that was, like, my early introduction to, like, I think I played Vice City on ps2 if if i'm not mistaken my dad would play so i'd be like come on let me let me hop on i'll just drive around i'm not going to do any missions you know just trying to <laughs> weasel my way into the game yeah, yeah i'm just going to drive around i just want to drive you know and and secretly i'm doing the missions you know like also you'll know, uh, go take this guy out like this guy's you know 
he's been disrespecting us. We got to do the missions. Oh, what are you doing? I'm just driving around. I like the city. I like Miami, you know, or whatever. And also, let's be real. You uh, ran over some prostitutes, didn't pay for the service, took the money back after. You have to. This is tradition in these games. (laughs) And so after the PS2, we actually went to Xbox. And that was my first time um, playing online. I remember we called like... I think it's like geek squad back in the day i don't know if they still yep. have it but oh they, they still exist do they still exist <laughs> oh big time yeah like they came over and set up our internet and the games they used to come with like the free trial code the the gold membership xbox try it free for yeah. like 48 days and like every game i got came with these so i'm just itching and one day i'm like i want to play online and my parents are like well we don't know like and this is the early days of like we don't trust the internet and we don't know what we're paying for oh yeah of course but eventually the um, they got me the uh, the gold membership for online. And I think yeah. I played like Call of Duty 2 or 3 back in the day. And that was my first like multiplayer experience. You know, it's funny that you talk about your first uh, multiplayer experience. So funny enough is when I finally got my first multiplayer experience. So again, I was an avid PlayStation guy, right? So Xbox, when uh, Xbox came out, Xbox Live was around. PS2, on the other hand, the issue was you had to like buy this separate, uh, I forget what the name of the cartridge was or the special thing they had to add on to be able to use PS2 online, right? Mm-hmm. So funny enough is I believe it was from my cousin. He just gotten a PS3. So he gave me his PS2 thing for online. And the first game that I actually played that was online was Battlefront 2. Really? Yes. Oh, I used to love that game. And that game was a shit, right? Because it was Star Wars Battlefront 2. Mm-hmm. And oddly enough is like, again, you can attest to this, but sometimes you meet some players online and you have some fun with them, right? So mm-hmm. I remember I had an interaction with this other guy, right? And here's the funny thing is for whatever reason, we would somehow end with each other face to face. And we're talking, we'd stare at each other, and we start rolling and fucking firing missiles, firing, like, the little, bl- like, the blast things, because I finally yeah. got mine to Elite. Mm-hmm. I actually, like, with uh, Battlefront 2, I got so good with the uh, clone troopers, not the stormtroopers. I sucked with them, but the clone troopers, mm-hmm. that once you kill enough, you get an Elite rifle. Okay. Or you have the option to pick one of the heroes, so like Luke Skywalker, etc. Mm-hmm. I used to say, fuck even getting the Jedis because I'm so in the zone with these guys. But anyway, so this guy that I had a built-in rivalry, it was funny. Like, And we, we just kept fighting against each other. It was, it was like even back and forth where we'd kill each other. Is In the online games, is specifically in that time, you didn't pick the side that you would match with, right? So after uh, going back and forth, we killed each other four times each. Um, all of a sudden, we're matched as the same team. Mm-hmm. And the funny part about that is, I kid you not, is we're about to start the game. I'm like, what the fuck? This guy's in my team? And the guy literally with his character faced me. I faced him. And then I'm like, okay. And then we walked our separate ways. And guess what ends up happening? When I turn around to walk the separate way, a fucking rocket launcher hits me and kills me, and it's my fucking teammate. No the way. Guy that I had the fucking rivalry with. That's so funny. And it was all within a day span. It was funny, though. And shout out to, I forgot what his name is, so I'll call you Nerd Dicksucker 75 Yeah. It's probably pretty close to what his actual name was, but 
what I, what I like about gaming so much is exactly what you described. This this happened years ago. Like, yep. how many years ago did this happen? And still, you have this vivid memory of a rivalry for like a day of gaming, and you remember it after all these years. It just stuck with you, you know. It did. And this was, if I'm gonna test, I'm gonna say the exact time that it probably was. Is it was probably back in 2007, man. Mm-hmm. So like <laughs> that on its own, like fuck, it's been a shit ton of years man yeah exactly 2023 bro Mm -hmm. and i'll always remember that because i had so much fun in that process right and also of course uh now going in a little bit further into the future is call of duty modern warfare yeah is again the first time i ever played a multiplayer game no sorry a a war like non star wars game etc it's one it was one of my first multiplayer games on uh like the ps3 and similar thing man i kid you not off after a day of gaming i met three clan guys like just three guys out of the blue it was me and then my cousin who's uh oh goes by professor ed mm-hmm. is we actually just one day gaming we met muffin man uh buster and it was just all off uh, fucking playing a day and me doing some voices and having fun with it is we played a day of gaming. We became a clang and we actually fucking played after. And it was funny because uh, Buster, um, he was a guy that was my rival and he happened to also be Latino. So he was like, hey, man, fuck you. you see? And it was it was funny because we and then all of a sudden we matched his teammates and then we became and then from there we actually became legit clan members. So just stuff like that happens in gaming. And I think that's fucking cool. Yeah, it's it's awesome. And did you ever do the thing where you'd be hanging out with your friends and you'd call them by their gamer tag or like their online name? Like, oh, this isn't uh, this isn't Joe. This is like Big Killer Seven, you know, like or you'd like, you know what <laughs> I funny. mean? Yeah. You know, you know, oddly enough is I did that not too long ago. <laughs> Instead of calling him by his by, my, by his name, I go blaster. So and so. Yeah. Right. So, yeah, I've done it. Uh, and also like i think modern warfare like the first one was like a defining moment in like first person shooting gaming history because i think i played call of duty two or three and i remember being amazed that i could put in a microphone and talk to other people i heard someone's voice online i'm like whoa like this is crazy like i can't believe this is happening and then the trailer for modern warfare comes out and this is like leaps and bounds ahead of anything else at the time and like the campaign and i remember my one buddy he's like man i was playing a game and i put on a ghillie suit and i was laying in the grass and like three people ran past me and that was like that was something that stuck out he didn't talk about how many kills he got or kill streaks he's like i was laying there three guys ran past me popped up and you know they didn't even see me i just kept running you know and that was what the graphics were like oh my god you can't see in the grass like the ghillie suit's so good and that's that's where you know it was it was life changing. Sorry, game changing and life changing in a sense, right? Because mm-hmm. more realistic. Exactly, and yeah, Modern Warfare and Modern Warfare Two came out at like pivotal moments of my life too. Like, I think I was going into like the eighth grade when Modern Warfare Two came out because all my buddies were playing Halo still, Halo Three. And me and my one friend were like, man, you got to try Call of Duty. Like, we're, me and him were playing every day after school. We're playing Call yeah. of Duty, Call of Duty. Uh-huh. And our friends were like, Call of Duty's lame. Like, Halo's the best. Like, the custom games, everything. Yeah. 
And then eventually, like one by one, everyone's going Modern Warfare, Modern Warfare. And at that point, no one's playing Halo anymore. Everyone's, you know, talking about like, yeah. oh, I'm going to get a... Exactly, yeah. Did they have... They didn't have chopper gunners in the first one, did they? No, no. Chopper it was, gun... It was still 357, right? Like... Yeah. No, chopper gunners actually came in... Um, I think it was... Uh, that yeah, was, it was Modern Warfare 2? It was one Modern Warfare 2. Yeah, they still had the came. traditional kill streaks, like the UAV the was it the like the predator strike in the helicopter yep that's what it was yeah exactly exactly. so i remember guys like oh i got a helicopter on this map and you're like oh my god like yeah i can't believe you got a helicopter seven kills in a row man you're so good at the game right people were still so bad then and Uh then from that point on it like like you think about it now and it's just like professional gaming of like you know call of duty franchise and you can sort of make a living off of it now, which is wild, right? Mm-hmm. Back then, it was like, there was no chance that that could happen. You can, I mean, it got to the point eventually where there was YouTube. Mm-hmm. And then YouTube, you can you can make money, but it wasn't quite like it was now, like it is now, sorry. Yeah. So then, you know, after that, World at War came out and some people loved it. I loved World at War. It's one of my favorite games of all time, still to this day, like, it went back World War II right after they did Modern Warfare, which is like, yeah. you need some stones to do that because an easy formula is you just keep pressing on with the modern theme. And I remember the PTRS, the sniper rifle, where you could like blow people's legs off and arms off. It just felt so good. It was so rewarding, like the gore and the blood from the... Uh... <laughs> and it was even in multiplayer too, and you're like, wow, this is incredible. Yeah. But um, then Modern Warfare 2 came out, and that was like the rise of machinima in YouTube, as you were mentioning. And yeah. that's when you started getting these like famous people of like, you know, the Hutch or like the Optic Clan and stuff like that. Yeah. And, and it's wild that you say that is I remember a buddy of mine was talking about like one of the bigger gaming guys then. Right. And again, not good with the names there. That's why I got my boy over here, Mitchell, that could describe some of the games. But he was one of the bigger PS3 guys. And and essentially his KD ratio was for every time he died. He killed five to seven to ten guys mm-hmm. before he died. Right. Averagely. And like the man, the legend, like Zerg Riz. Do you remember him? Like, yeah, I do. Actually. Posting the YouTube comment or the content and the montages back in like Call of Duty 4. And he was, he revolutionized like sniping because back then people would just sit in the back, but he was like aggressive. He would run around and quick scope people and no scope people and do like 360s off the top of the map. He like completely revolution i remember the first time i saw the montage i'm like i can't believe someone's doing this with the game like they got to be cheating right this guy's got to be full of it but he was just that good you know exactly so like and then that's when quick scope became a thing Mm -hmm. is because of that and then now like fuck you see so many quick scopes and i gotta say specifically when you go more into advanced warfare and stuff so if i'm going skipping ahead a little bit is my god fucking quick scope motherfuckers are the worst yeah it's I can't play modern games now. I'm just too old and too slow. Like, yeah, exactly. sliding, jumping off the wall, jumping around the corner. I'm uh-huh. just like, I can't keep up with that. Exactly, and uh, and uh, that's that's the big thing, right? So, okay, so like, yeah, like just times change specifically for for those reasons. Mm-hmm. But that's why it was a golden era as far as COD was probably around Modern Warfare One, Modern Warfare Two. And then, don't get me wrong, Black Ops was pretty fun. Especially Zombies. Zombies was a shit. Yeah. I love Zombies. Black Ops was incredible. The multiplayer was so good. And like I mentioned before, World at War, 
with the zombies and they just adapted to it and like built on top of it and black ops was so good the zombies too oh yeah like i actually feel that black ops a zombie was was like the game changer as far as i think that was the best part of black ops in my opinion it was just uh, the zombies the mm-hmm. zombies mode was probably the best part yeah but um yeah it's just you know that the first two were great when they're remastering them for current consoles for yeah. the ps5 for PC gamers, for everyone else, Modern Warfare 2 is coming out again. Yeah, exactly. For that exact reason, because they knew that they hit a gold mine with those first two. Because mm-hmm. uh, Modern Warfare 3 wasn't as good, if I'm going to be straight. No, it really wasn't. It's, it seems like all of them have gradually gone down. Like It's hard to think that in 2007, 8, and 9, that was like the peak. Like you know, you would think with so much technology, it would get better and better, but it's become more cinematic and more story driven and more of like a movie compared to the gameplay. And I know there's a lot of people that like current gameplay of like yeah. the sliding and the jumping and stuff like that. But for old guys like us, you know, it's too much work. It's, you know, yeah. it's counterintuitive to like, oh, you know, back in my day, you know, shaking your fist at the, the sky and everything. Exactly. And, and realistically, it's like, it was it, the problem is what like I get what uh, a lot of the current COD players are are more are more dealing with is is it, yeah they like the more realism but when you add the slide and shit god like it just makes it for it just makes it for more of a complicated game is a realistic thing and for that reason like you know for a guy like me a guy like Mitchell it just fuck it's just extra like it's just extra work and it's it just becomes annoying if i'm gonna be honest yeah it's it's sad when you're not the target audience anymore you know they're going after these like 17 16 year old kids that are just like they have an iv of mountain dew just dripping in their veins and they're like super hyper aware (laughs) and they're like on the ball and their reflexes are super quick you know plus they probably got a shit ton of rock star yeah guaranteed you know yeah it's just it's just a a different uh different time as far as that side of the world is Mm mm-hmm um, but with that being said, is while we're on this topic, I did want to ask you, what are some upcoming games that are coming out that you're excited about? Yeah, so, you know, I'm uh, historically I'm an MMO player. I really love MMOs. I played uh, World of Warcraft, uh, yep. Guild. I played World of, Warcraft, World of Warcraft for a long, long time. That was my go-to. Um, I tried Guild Wars 2. And like I think it came out like 2011, 2012. I liked it, didn't yeah, love of it. Course, yeah. Tried Final Fantasy 14. It's like, yeah, you know, I like the game. I don't love the game. Not enough to spend hours and hours in it. But, um, you know, MMOs have suffered the same kind of problem as like Call yeah. of Duty where, you know, you get into this pay to win like area. Yeah. And it's the same thing. And if anyone's not familiar, MMO is a massive multiplayer online. So it's a pretty broad thing. You could call Call of Duty an MMO in some of them. There's like 64 players. It's kind of hard to define how many players makes an MMO. But usually in MMOs, it's like an open world. And people are in different parts of the world at the same time for anyone that doesn't know. Yeah, So. Anyways, they have the same problems. They're releasing products that aren't ready, you know. You, you get this anticipation, you know, pre-order the game, pre-order the game. The game launches tons of problems. And this has been happening with console games as well, too. Yeah. You know, Battle Battlefield 2042 is a perfect example. I've heard you about know, that. The, did you play it? 
Didn't play it. Uh, bad game. Never played it. Yeah, like they've been making Battlefield games for decades. Oh, I know. And all of a sudden they just drop the ball. And you're like, how does this happen? Like you have a winning formula. You just keep doing what you do and it's supposed to be good. And it flopped big time. It wasn't ready. And, and yeah, that's the issue. I guess that the demand on top of that is what sort of... Uh, is uh, sort of the issue is I guess people want the games to come out right away and sometimes um, that's why what I respect about there's this current uh, game just just going a little off topic but it is a game is the boxing undisputed game is that many myself included I've been waiting for this game they've been making this game for three and something years now and the creators have not announced an official date because they said they want to perfect it. Mm-hmm. I prefer them trying to perfect it, then rush the game, and then get that, or get that other game. I, I completely forgot the name right now, but you'll probably know what it is. Keanu Reeves was like in the cover of it. It was one of the uh, like cyberpunk. Yeah, uh, cyberpunk. Yeah, that's the one. There was so much hype for that game. They released this awesome trailer, and then they're like, "Oh, it's going to be revolutionary." Uh, graphics weren't good, mm-hmm. and clearly, clearly wasn't very good. Yeah, exactly, and it sucks because these are like AAA studios with billions of dollars of budgets, and you see them, like smaller companies, I kind of understand the delay, and I, I respect it, right, because you have a, it's a first impression. If you're a new studio and you're putting out a game and it's not good, you're done. Like, you're, you're toast. It's hard to recover. There's no ifs, ands, or buts. That's yeah, it. but a big, a big company like Activision, Blizzard King, or whatever they're called, they Insomniac. make Call of Duty... They, they could they could flop, right? Oh, a new one's coming next year or whatever. But the the one game I am looking forward to is uh, Riot, the company that makes League of Legends. They're making okay. an MMO. Nice. And why I'm so excited is that I know nothing about it. Nobody knows anything about <laughs> it. And that's the mystery and the adventure that I'm looking for in an MMO, you know? It sucks when you hop in a game and you know everything you know, all the quests, like you don't got to pay attention. Like you could just kind of run through it, you know, and you have to artificially make it hard. Like I'm going to try not to die the whole time. And that's the the challenge. But, you know, uh, one of the developers that worked on World of Warcraft, he went over to Riot and he was part of the team that's making this new MMO. So no one knows anything about it. And that's, it, it's with MMOs, the less you know, the more excited you are. Cause you're like, wow, I wonder what you could do. Like, can I be a blacksmith and make a, like a sword or, mm-hmm. you know, can I make potions yeah. or stuff like that? And that's the exciting part. But the problem is, is that a secret MMO isn't going to make any money because no one knows about it. Right. So they got to be like, Hey, we're doing this, 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 and this. So it's this fine balance of like excitement to, you know, actually seeing the company working on yeah. the game. Right. No. Yeah, of course. And that's critical. Mm. And there's also another game called uh, Ashes of Creation, another MMO, similar. It's got the same vision. It started up as a, uh, a like a GoFundMe kind of thing, and the guy's been spending his own money to make the game, and it seems promising. So those are the two big ones I'm looking forward to. Oh, that's exciting, and they sound fun, and clearly PC. <laughs> I'm a PC gamer, if you couldn't already tell from uh, what I've been talking about, but yeah. As long as you're not uh, looking forward to becoming a toaster or the life of a toaster or the paint uh, washing or, or the car washing company games. yeah goat simulator yeah <laughs> those games <laughs> those games i don't get it but like pc oh you just don't know the real 
in things with gaming and it's like well i mean i don't want to i don't care to be a car wash guy yeah my two buddies they played a farming simulator and they swear by it they put like tons of time in that game and they're just loving it the one guy's from saskatchewan so you know maybe that's uh built in his dna to do some kind of farming or whatever oh absolutely it has to be because uh if they tell me you're gonna be a farmer you're gonna crop plants and milk cows i'm like what the fuck kind of game is this is this wait is this red dead redemption and then i get to shoot other cowboys after yeah no 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 no. you're just you're just a farmer no just farming you know you're doing your chores do what you got to do exactly what the fuck (laughs) (laughs) all right but moving on to like the games that i'm looking forward to since we heard the great mitchell over here talk about his mine are actually pretty simple so again as you can probably tell i'm most definitely a console gamer Mm mm-hmm so, the product, uh, Star Wars Jedi Survivor is one of the first ones that I'm looking forward to. Because right. I really did like uh, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. Yeah, that was so a lot of fun. The storytelling was good. And on top of that, it was a hard game. Like, uh, it, it was one of those games where, like, you, uh, you died and you had to go from the last checkpoint. So, it kind of sucked, right? So, like, you'd have these big boss fights and then it's like, well, fuck... You died, you don't start with the boss. You got to go all the way back and then go back to the boss. But you don't have to see the cutscene, thank God. Mm-hmm. So that's the one that I, one of the ones I'm looking forward to. The other one is Spider-Man 2 for um, the PlayStation 5 also. is The first one was very good. They got it right. Uh, the, the characters were great. The storytelling was good. And the gameplay was exceptional. So that's another one. Mm-hmm. And last but not least, the one that I know that everybody knows very little about, which... Like Mitchell said earlier, is the some of those games he's talking about. There's very little known about it, but it's exciting because uh, some of the creators, etc. So, for me, it's uh, Wolverine, the game made by the same creators of Spider-Man, Insomniac, and they've been working on that for the last couple of years. It's going to be its first mature product too, so I'm pretty excited about that. So those are the three that I'm hyped about as of right now. Yeah, definitely. I've um. What was it? What was the first one? Oh, the the Jedi one. I think you told me about that, and I ended up playing it on the yeah, uh, the yeah. Xbox, and I, I really enjoyed it. So, if Wolverine is anything similar to the Spider Man one, because I've seen gameplay of Spider Man, it looks fantastic. I've never actually played though, but great game. Never played it. Huh? You know, if I had a PlayStation, I'd be playing it. But um, it is what it is. Yeah, and definitely Wolverine taking a step up to mature. That's there's something to be said about that, right? Because they could have a little bit more creativity in what they do like storytelling or gameplay wise with the, the mature tag on it. And that's why I'm excited about that. one. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, that's, that's why it's one of the games that I'm uh, pretty hyped about, but moving on is now we're into a fascinating topic that I really did want to talk about is me and Mitchell over here are pretty big hip hop heads. Mm-hmm. Can we say that? Uh, to say the least. Yeah. Yeah, we listened to a couple of albums. Uh, a few, a few. Okay, so we're not quite on the album side of things. Is this is more, in your opinion, what was the best diss track? I got to say Nas Ether is the okay. best diss track of all time. But I want to preface with, I want to put in a disclaimer. Like the current, like, you know, in the 90s and the early 2000s, I like diss tracks where they're calling people whack and this guy's a sucker, you know, or this guy's yeah. lame, you know. I like those terms because I think it's just 
I think it's hilarious, you know, like yeah, another rapper. Music. Yeah, this guy's a sucker MC or this guy's whack, you know. Yeah. That's what I really like the most. But as far as like, you know, you get into the the 90s and it gets more grimy and violent. and Oh, big time. To say the very least. And we obviously know like Biggie and the Tupac situation and stuff like that. But I do have to say the reason I like Ether so much is it's a mix of both. You know, it's got like the very blatant like insults, but it's also got like clever lines that are funny. And I, I, I like that in a diss song. I want to know who the person is talking about without them ever saying the name. I want it to be like so clear and so direct. Like, yeah, he's obviously talking about this guy right here. That's what I like in a diss song. Yeah. And, and I actually think it's a great choice. And it's funny that you pick Ether because uh, that was one of the ones that I was thinking about the heaviest. Mm-hmm. Right. And uh, like as far as because there's just been quite a bit of great diss tracks, actually. So obviously, um, Ether, there's also, um, yeah, well, I mean, too many, (laughs) to be Mm -hmm. honest. There's too many that I can think of. But with that being said, what I I went to separate um, direction is, but it was between these two, if I'm going to be honest. It was between Ether because, again... Um, the creativity of the way Nas said it, we all knew he was talking about Young Hova, mm-hmm. right? But he did it in a creative way. Mm-hmm. Is I went with somebody that semi did that, but you directly heard their names also. Mm-hmm. So the song I went with was Vaseline by Ice Cube, coming after NWA. Yeah, no Vaseline. Yeah, no that's Vaseline. a good one. And the reason I went there is like, he went ham on them, man. Mm-hmm. And similar to the Nas situation when he did the Ether song, is they really didn't have a response. Like Jay Z responded, but I mean, let's be real, they weren't that great. It just wasn't that great of a response, right? Like all of the NWA, like Dr. Dre came out, Easy E came out, but they just had nothing on Ice Cube whatsoever, man. Like. Yeah, he was in a league of his own at that point. Like, there's not, you, after that, you're just kind of quiet. Like, ah, we, he got us, you know? Like, and they, they portrayed that in the movie as well. Like, well, well, you know, that this song is pretty good. And the guy's like, shut up, man. Like, <laughs> but it was good. Um, one, of the, one of the things I like about that song is he's he's got a line he's called them looking like straight bozos oh you know yes. those those are lines i like suck a whack a bozo like who calls anyone a bozo in <laughs> yeah. anywhere and you put it in your diss song you know god damn i'm glad y'all said it all yeah Just exactly you, i thought you was down with the ak yeah like, oh fuck it yes that's what that's the reason i love that song is and it's also what i liked about it is it's lyrically like you could tell the lyrics were thought about so properly and just written properly he clearly took his time to do it and of course ice cube was pissed off so Mm -hmm. that helped too right yeah exactly because like i know that there's a song this might be a hot take right even though and also just a heads up to all the audience i listen to this song a lot when i'm pissed off so it does its job is that's sort of the issue i had with hit him up by tupac Mm -hmm. is i fucking love that song i'm not saying it's it's a bad song but if we're going to go with a diss track like where you're there's a ton of creativity like like written properly like Ether and Vaseline I, I don't think Hit 'em Up is quite there. But it is a fucking great gym song if you're hyped up you're or you're pissed at somebody put Hit 'em Up on, right? But mm-hmm. Vaseline you just have fun with, man. And I think what Ether is similar similar sort of thing. Yeah, the reason I don't like Hit 'em Up as much as like 
yeah, you know, I fucked your bitch, you fat motherfucker. Like, oh, yeah, you know, that's funny. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, got him, you know, like. And then he, he gets lazy and he's like, I don't even know why I'm on this track. I'm going to let my friends in on this. And his, the, the people on the song aren't that good, yeah. you know. They're, it's just kind of whack. And then at the very end, he goes off in his line. He's like, you know, fuck Biggie, fuck bad boy. Well, as a staff a, a record, record label, label and a motherfucking crew and if you want to be down with bad boy then yeah, fuck, fuck you, you too you know like at the All end you motherfuckers he, he should have showed up with that energy the whole time and i want to compare that to real motherfucking g's right so uh-huh. easy E's verse he's got a couple good lines and you're like oh yeah you know that's clever yeah he's got um I got it pulled up right here. What did, what does he say? Yeah, yeah go ahead. He, Take your time, he, man. He says, um, yeah. he says a line where like, where the fuck did you find an anorexic rapper talking about Snoop, right? And he's like, the same records that you're making are paying me. You know, he's got these clever lines. But the very next verse is Drasta, and not a lot of people know about him, but he lays down a deadly verse. Like, yeah. this is awesome. He basically calls out Dr. Dre, and he's like, you know, you talk a big game, but who is your witness to what you've actually done? You know, and he, he goes, he, he goes into that and, you know, it basically just plays him out basically saying like, and no one stepped up to say, Oh no, I've seen Dre in the streets, you know, like cause he, nobody has and because he was never like that. Right. And he, he's got a line and he said, you're trying to sag like your pants but you're flooding at the same time. Like your your pants are high up off your ankles, but your your jeans are sagging in the back at the same time. I thought that was one of the funniest things I've very, heard. Very clever. And it's funny that you mentioned that diss. Is you know that that diss cut deep when in Straight Outta Compton, it wasn't even featured. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like that song didn't exist in that movie. It was such a good diss. No, no, leave that. No, Vaseline. Yeah, put that in. Real motherfucker? No, no, don't, don't put that they're, one in. They're, they're just like, yeah, you know what? No, Vaseline is just too good. Uh, mm-hmm. Don't put that other one in. And they're like, oh, Dre, but is no, 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 just, just don't put it. In. Yeah, put it in. and then you know, Dre came first. I don't know the order, but fuck with Dre Day, and it's clever, it's funny, but like, I don't know what's all the references with <laughs> Dre and Snoop back in the day talking about like dicks and like balls in your mouth and stuff like these. All of Snoop Dogg's doggy style album, he's always talking about. It. He's like, what, what, what were these guys talking about? You know. Hey, but to be fair, I mean, we're talking about dicks and balls and shit. But who takes a cake as far as what the fuck he was thinking is Biggie Smalls. So fun, I suck your father's dick. Yeah, Come there's on. some, there's some, <laughs> there's some questionable <laughs> lines in hip hop, and you're like, what? Like, what did this yeah. man just say? But and, and you gotta love that you're like bumping, you're like shit, like you're into it, you're into, it, and then you hear that, and you're like, wait, what? And the best part is, if you're a Biggie fan, you're trying to defend it. No, no, you don't understand. Like, you don't know, th- and it's like it's exactly what it sounds like. There's no, there's no defending it, man. I love Biggie, but like, what, what do you say about that? You know? Exactly, and I love Biggie too, man. Biggie's one of my favorite artists, but. <laughs> it's again if that's what he rolls with we're all with it hey that's cool you that's you, cool man you do we're what you're cool doing it. right you do you but don't for the play. rest of us <laughs> for the rest of us it's like what yeah <laughs> it's one of those questionable lines right so <laughs> that's kind of my take on that man mm-hmm. and I, I wanted to bring up like one of the original beefs of like cool modi 
and LL Cool J back in the day. <laughs> like, we're dissing someone, like, on his album cover. He puts the Kangol hat underneath his Jeep, and that was like, man, I got you. Like, you know, that was <laughs> that was the viciousness and, like, the aggression. I'm, I'm going to put his, a red hat underneath my Jeep tire and on my album cover, you know? But honestly, that's what made it fun, though, man. Mm-hmm. It, it's just kind of like... You know, outside of the Tupac and Biggie beef where it just got really ugly, is if you look at the history of rap and diss tracks, typically it doesn't get to that like that mm-hmm. level, right? Where like, you know, you listen to other people that talk about that situation and they say the same. They're like, in the beginning, we're like, yeah, like Tupac, yeah, Biggie. But then when one of them got killed, it was like, oh shit, like, mm-hmm. okay, I didn't want it to get to that, right? And, but, and that's what I guess the disses that we're talking about are good in that sense is they didn't quite get to that level but it was all fun and game right mm-hmm. um now a quick honorable mention that i wanted to have is one that you didn't even mention and this one's just uh again it's a fun little honorable mention is eminem dissing mariah carey that, that's a great one that's one of the best <laughs> like say what you want it was pretty petty but I'm sorry, like he absolutely destroyed Mariah and Nick Cannon. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, Mariah Carey kind of deserved it, man. Let's be real. No, we never hooked up. Uh, yeah, we did. <laughs> and then she puts out that track Obsessed and like oh. it's obviously Eminem. And then he just comes back with like a diss and it's so funny. Like, And, and what you love is that he puts like the audio clips that she sent him on fucking voicemail yeah he's, he's pulling out the receipts and there's no denying yeah. that i don't think there was i don't think you said anything after that yeah <laughs> no and it was it was to the point where you clearly knew um what's my call it like he ba- eminem basically said in the song you keep coming at me like this i'm gonna i'm gonna go worse like i'm gonna bring out worse things and guess what happened nothing happened yeah after. exactly you just you just keep your mouth shut at that point outside of nick cannon doing the shittiest this track of all time terrible it was so bad that i went back and i saw it what was it like fuck i think it was actually last year i went back and i saw it just for just just to fuck around right and i kid you not the first comment said it all damn m murdered nick cannon without even saying a word yeah it was so whack and terrible mm-hmm. and you gotta love Fifty that went then went talk went to talk to M and he said, because M was apparently gonna respond and then Fifty's like, dude, just don't, just leave it be, man. He's mm-hmm. cheesy. Just like let it go. Yeah. So M, yeah, he let it go. That reminds me of the Ray J diss too. Like <laughs> I hit it, I hit it, I hit it first. Like no one cares about you, Ray J. Like you're so irrelevant. You're just coming out of the woodworks with a diss track, like, and you're just close your eyes and shoot and see what hits you know exactly like what happened kanye and nobody else gave a shit it was just like i heard the song and i'm like it's not even catchy eh, next <laughs> yeah it was it was not very good yeah but uh with that being said um is there anything else you'd like to talk about with, for the uh, hip-hop disses no but i do i really want to go over the fact the next rapper that calls someone a bozo or whack or a sucka mc that is that's exactly what I'm looking for. So if the next rapper comes out with it, I want to hear it. So shout out to any rapper that does decide it. So by the way, Joe Jazz, I'm looking at you because you probably will be listening to this. If you do call somebody Bozo in a song, you're the man. Mitchell approves. Extreme Wakina approves. Let's move on to the next, yeah, next topic here. Yeah. So 
This one is a fascinating one because one thing that I like about um, what we're doing here is on this one, we're actually not talking about games and it's not about music. It's actually about a show that ended roughly, what year was it that it ended? It's got to be last two or three years. I don't remember exactly when it ended, but... I actually believe it was 2022 that it ended. Okay. Yeah, so not quite far away. So the show that we're talking about is none other than Peaky Blinders, Mm -hmm. which again, a nice little recommendation by none other than the army man himself, Mitchell. Yeah, that's right. So why don't you open it up and just give us a quick little recap about what what may have... And also, by the way, anyone listening to right now that hasn't caught up to Peaky Blinders or plans on listening to it, uh, skip this portion of it and... um, yeah, skip the portion of this whole portion because we're going to talk about some of the things we want to see and a little bit of what happened beforehand. Right. So, okay. Yeah. So if you haven't heard it, you make sure you fast forward. I know there's a couple people fumbling with the, the fast forward button right now. But um, yeah, so w- we leave off the last season and Tommy's having a complete meltdown, right? Things yeah. are going bad. He lost his daughter. He thinks he has a brain tumor and he's basically just you know, about to kick the bucket, right? And he finally met an opponent that can match him, who's clever, who's smart, who's cunning. And he he basically feels like he met his match and just things are going completely against him, right? So, you know, he tries to kill him, it doesn't work. And he eventually tries to kill himself and it doesn't work, right? So he finds out that, you know, his nemesis, Mosley, was paying the doctor basically to give him like a false uh you know a false diagnosis and which was the brain tumor yeah exactly so once he finds out he's like back to old tommy like he puts on the cap with the razor blade on the back he's like i'm I'm back in business and and that's what got us excited about the season coming up but uh before we get to some of the things that we want to see and sorry, not the next season. Let me correct myself. Let me st- take a little step back. Is the movie. Mm-hmm. Is before all that. Is one of the most fascinating things about the series. Is that it was said when he was going to have that rivalry with his cousin. That Tommy, there's no way Tommy dies with a bullet in his head. Well, guess what? There was three occasions where... Tommy tried to kill himself and something stopped him Mm -hmm. or somebody tried to shoot him in the head or something stopped it. So it's like his fate is semi written in that sense. Mm -hmm. And I think it's fascinating in that sense, right? Cause, cause it was literally said Tommy Shelby will not die with a bullet in his head. Mm -hmm. So yeah, but anyway, let's get started. So, the rumor is, as far as the movie, it, no, sorry, this is the, the one thing that we know is confirmed is it takes place in 1945. Mm-hmm. As you know, to any, any people that aren't historians, that's World War II. Right. So what are some of the things that you'd like to see with this season, specifically because it's taking place in 1945? Mm-hmm. So my personal prediction and what I want to see is that Tommy keeps going down the road with pretending to be a fascist, right? He's working for Churchill as like a, a double agent. And, and sorry to interrupt you quickly. Remember that everyone thinks he's dead. Just just a heads up. 
Just, just let everyone thinks he's dead. Right. So, you know, that happens. And then we're going to see Tommy Shelby's alive. He's, he's still kicking, blah, blah, blah. Uh-huh. Right. So, you know, I think it ended in 1933 before the movie. I think that was the last part, if I recall correctly. It's like early 30s. And like you said, it moved on to 45. So another long period of time has passed. So what I want to see is uh, Tommy had to be involved with the fascists still, right? He couldn't beat this guy. And I think he's too prideful to give up on what he set his mind to. Like, this is a guy that's taunting him. And, you know, he's he's like a better smarter intelligent man than him and he doesn't want to be beaten right so i think tommy will end up in nazi germany at the time during the war i think that he probably has some kind of status within the the nazi regime so he's some kind of mid-level official or something like this and all the while he's still working for churchill right he still wants to I think it's kind of like a duality of like he wants to be a person who's good and having good intentions, Uh but at the same time, his pride and, you know, kind of arrogance in a way is pushing him towards, you know, it's, it's like a balance, right? He's got the devil on one shoulder and the angel on the other, so to speak. So I think eventually he's going to have to go toe to toe with Mosley. And I think Arthur is going to find out about this and go and try to save him. Right. So I think there's going to be some sort of, you know, uh, Arthur goes to Germany, tries to get him out. Hey, you know, you don't have to do this, blah, 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 blah. I think eventually Tommy will die. That's my that's my guess. That's your ultimate prediction. Yeah. The death of Tommy. I think Tommy dies by saving Arthur because Arthur tries to save him. And I think Tommy will die saving Arthur. Right. This is what I think is going to happen. And Mosley's going to die in the process. It's going to be like a, a cinematic scene and maybe like some kind of explosion or something falling out of a building. And I think it's going to cut to like a black camera, you know. And then we're wondering, like, who are the two fucking died? Right. You know, someone died in this explosion, but you don't know who. So it's like a camera shot of the back of their heads. They got the shaved back and the, the long hair on the top. And I think what's going to happen is you're going to just see a hand slicking back the hair put on the cap. And you see the razor blade on the back, like shining in the camera. The camera shot is going to turn around. It's going to be Arthur. And he's going to just be like in tears or something. He's going to be just like he's going to see his dead brother and he's just going to have a vengeance. You know, like now he's like, we're the peaky fucking blinders or something like that. Fucking peaky blinders. Yeah. So that's what I want to see. And that's just my prediction. Is any of this going to happen? I have no idea, but that's what I want to see as a viewer. Well, I mean, just before I even get started on mine, uh, fuck you, because that sounds fucking great, and that sounds like something I want to happen. Mm -hmm. And mine doesn't even come close to what I think is going to happen, and yours just sounds fucking a lot better than mine. (laughs) It really does, like now that I've listened to it. But with that being said, is I will share what I think is going to happen. I think for one, as you know, there's going to be a major time jump, right? Mm -hmm. And I think that what Tommy Shelby is going to be doing in the process is I think that everyone's going to think he's dead, Mm -hmm. right? Because technically he did his whole thing. He has a diagnostic. The doctor's the only one that knows. And I think there's going to be something a little weird there. And what I think is going to end up happening is he's going to play being in the shadows. He's, he's been plotting for those 10 years. Mm-hmm. 
But guess what? World War II is happening at the same time. Mm-hmm. And then you have none other than the big villain from the last se- last few seasons, mm-hmm. where like in season five, even him coming at his closest, he couldn't get him. Mm-hmm. And anyone that's seen Peaky Blinders, they typically find a way to beat the guy at the end, mm-hmm. right? The Italians, which I thought, I'm like, how the fuck are they going to beat these Italians? Yeah, They found a way. But this is the one guy. The one guy he hasn't been able to beat. So I think he's going to really play into the shadows very well. And I think down the line, Arthur eventually finds out. Gets furious. Because you know how Arthur is. He's a bit of a loose cannon. Mm -hmm. And what I think is going to happen is in the process of him being a loose cannon, he's on some opioids or something like that, is what I think happens is something comes out of his mouth and then the bit then you know he 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 gets pissed off they take him in or guess who has to come to save him tommy has to come and save him Mm -hmm. and i think he goes in there um plans something with either than alfie or someone he he talks with alfie they have this big final battle he's able to save arthur but in the process he dies with none other than sorry i forgot his name real quickly you gotta remind me the villain Mosley. Okay, Mosley. I think that's his Thank name. You. Yeah. Thank you. So I think that at the very end, right before he's leaving or something like that, like you know, the, there's a massive fight. It looks like Mosley's down. Is Tommy taking Arthur out? Gets shot by Tommy. Gets shot by Mosley. Sorry. Hits him right in the chest, and then Arthur sees that, grabs Tommy's gun, shoots Mosley right in the head, and then. You see a moment where Tommy is in Arthur's hands, mm-hmm. and then Arthur doesn't even say a word, just looks at him, nods at him, because, you know, as you know, Tommy's a man of very few words, mm-hmm. nods his head as to say, you're, you're in charge now. Yeah. Like, this is, this is you. And then he pats it with the blood running through his arms, pats his chest, and then Arthur, with tears and stuff, it cuts over to six months, Arthur's in charge, Peaky Blinders back on top. I, I like that. I like that too. Is that's my major prediction for what I think could happen at mm-hmm. Blinders. And by the way, to all the listeners in advance, if we're both wrong, by all means, go on the go on the Reddit page and call us out and say we suck or or yeah. or you have a better opinion on it. Let us know what you think. What's your prediction? What do you think is going to happen? Do you think? Arthur will save Tommy or Tommy save Arthur. What do you think is going to happen to Mosley? Let, let us know what you think because, you know, a big discussion. we, we got to have some things right eventually if a lot of people chime in. Exactly, right? And But, it, but from what you can tell with me and uh, Mitchell over here is we have one agreement. We think that Tommy bites the dust. Mm-hmm. That's one of my major predictions. And right before we move on to the next topic... Which is actually, sorry, ladies and gentlemen, it'll actually be the last topic of the evening. Mm-hmm. Is do you think there's going to be any other major characters that might die, bite the dust, in other words, in the Peaky Blinders? Yeah, it's a it, tough it's, one to say. It's hard to say, but I could see it happening. Like, you know, maybe getting to Tommy in the first place, like, people have to, there has to be like sacrifices. Like, maybe something happens to a sister. Or, you know, like... Because I do see a world where, now that I thought about it, you know who he actually did forgot, forget to talk about? Finn. Mm-hmm. 
And Finn is technically out of the Peaky Blinders. Yeah. So there could be some world where he also betrays them. Yeah, or maybe he has a redemption arc as well. I don't think Mosley is going to just get killed without taking another Peaky Blinder down. Yeah. There, there's got to be another one. There's, he's too smart and too you know, cunning to just get got like that right at the end and not take anyone with him, you know? Yeah, it could be maybe he takes out Lizzie Shelby. Maybe. The wife of, um, of Tommy. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, it's got to be something that hit Holmes. I wouldn't say Ada because I feel that Ada will survive all the way through. The sister of Tommy Shelby, Ada Shelby. Yeah, she's always been kind of like the voice of reason. You know, she's always been, you know, despite her bad decision, she's always trying to be on the better track and, you know, do things the, the right way, you know. Yeah, exactly. And I just think that she's also pretty smart out of all of them. She's a lot smarter than people give her credit for. Mm-hmm. And for that reason, I don't know if she bites the dust. But uh, she could be one, honestly. She yeah. very well could be. Because I do believe that this movie is the end of everything. So it's not... There's not going to be a Peaky Blinders 2. There's not going to be a Peaky Blinders Season 7. Or sorry, Season 6, sorry. Because I believe it closes with this one. So, I think so too, yeah. So we're going to see some casualties. And uh, yeah, there, I think one of them has to be... At least Finn has to die. Mm-hmm. So as of right now, my predictions of who will probably pass is I'll have Finn at number one right now. Mm-hmm. Finn is the, the first that I think will go. And then possibly, you know, one of the, one, like Johnny Dogs can probably go too. Like he's yeah, one of the more minor characters. Yep. Alfie we can see go too. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, Alfie, I mean, he survived the fucking bullet to his face. I mean, yeah. How many, how many rejuvenations is he going to have, right? Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, I think at least there's going to be three to four deaths, I feel. Yeah. Including Tommy being the major one that hits home. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's yeah, my opinion. I could agree with that. I, I, think you're, uh, I think you're on the right track with that. Yeah. But with that being said, we're moving on to the uh, main event of the evening. And uh, do you know what that is, uh, Mitchell? Yeah, that's uh, some of our favorite hip-hop albums. Exactly. And uh, why don't you start out? So I have a weird relationship with J. Cole. I remember in high school, one of my friends was like, yo, J. Cole's so good, so good. I'm like, man, this guy is trash. This is like 2011. I'm like, this guy is terrible. He put out that song. uh, What's his famous song from like? Because you got a good thing. Yeah, that one. Can't stand that song. (laughs) <laughs> I detest that song. He hates that song too. I, I never liked it. And when my buddy was telling me about it, he's like, no, he's good. He's good. I'm like, this is, this is garbage. Like, this is just, you got to think who was out at the time, right? Like to his peers. And this is like, this is like the era of like young money. I think like that's money, like, more money, more I think they're money, just money. getting started or they're like oh, for sure. blowing up. So he's got some competition in the game. Oh, so yeah, Drake, uh, Kendrick was coming around, was around at that time too. Mm-hmm. So this is like the early tens is probably one of my favorite eras of hip hop. So when the guy told me about it, I'm like, yeah, I don't know about this, but for some reason I can't listen to a J Cole album when it comes out. Can't do it. Like Weird. I don't okay. like, I cannot listen to it. I'll, I'll, I'll try. I'll, you know, go on Spotify or whatever and, you know, I'll try to play the track list. I'm like, man, oh, yeah, I'm not feeling this, but I've, I've always, I found that I need to be in the right mood to listen to J. Cole's music, you know? I have to be, you know, thinking about something or a thought or, like, a feeling, 
you know, to really appreciate his, um, his, his, his albums and his, his, you know, he's a goat now. Like there's no if, ands or buts. He's one of the greatest to ever Speci- pick up a microphone. Yeah. Specifically in this, this era currently. And I don't know if I deny that uh, for you either, because J. Cole is one of those artists you really do have to be in a special mindset mm-hmm. to, to listen to him. I think about like um, Forest Hill Drive. Oh, it's a great album. His album. And like there, there's so many different thoughts and feelings in the album because he starts off, you know, you know, it's kind of like more upbeat. And eventually through the album, it changes, right? So, you know, he has the song Wet Dreams, which is basically like, yo, I'm trying to get some girls and stuff. And then he has um, O3 Adolescence and A Tale of Two Cities. You know, this is very like, it's kind of up in your face and then Fire Squad. And then they got this cheeky little song, Saint-Tropez, which yep. is just like super chill. And you're like, where did this come from? Like after the first couple songs of the track and then they pick it up with get off my dick yeah whoa and whoa. you're like man this is this is it right here right so right to his concert by the way fucking phenomenal yeah and my favorite j cole song of all time and i, I, I guess forest hills drive came out in 2014 so this is a little later down the road when i fully started to like him but he's got the the song love yours and i love the message in this song you know he's it goes like Ain't no such thing as a life that's better than yours. And he talks about like, you know, no matter how much money you got, how big your house is, how nice your car is, it doesn't mean anything if you don't got the people that love you around you, you know? And when I heard this, I'm like, wow, this is, this is an understanding beyond anything I've listened to in a song, right? You know, you have people like uh, Kendrick that got the same grasp on yeah, of course, what it feels right. And I think that's what's been missing for me with a lot of, um, drake's albums i don't feel like he's reached the point of kind of like understanding you know obviously he knows what's like a party and like yeah, of course he's a phenomenal artist right but for me he hasn't hit that point where i feel and maybe he hit it early on with take care which is what i was about to mention right take care was kind of the closest uh, and as far as albums is probably the closest one that comes to mind is take care right he puts a little bit emotion more emotion out there so um born sinner by J. Cole's another oh, phenomenal, phenomenal song. Love this album. And it just goes on. And I never listened to the album when it first comes out, but like For Your Eyes Only. Love that album. Oh, Incredible. It's funny that you mentioned that album is, you know, I went to his concert when he came out with that. That album came out and it was special to him. And it's like, the crazy thing is that I don't completely deny what you're, except me, it's a little differently, is... You, it's more like you don't listen to his albums right away. Mm-hmm. Me, it's more like I'll listen to it, and then I'm like, okay, that was cool. But then I listen to it again, and I'm like, oh, like this is okay. And then it really sticks in my head, right? It's an album, all his albums, like Born Sinner, Forest Hills, KOD was even good too. Phenomenal. And like, yeah, like it takes you about a minute it takes you, sorry, a li- for me, it takes me about a one one listen all the way through. And then going back and listening to it again and then being like, oh, so this is what he meant and this is why it's special. Mm-hmm. While, like you mentioned with Drake, you don't really get that outside of Take Care, honestly. Mm-hmm. Is, it's, don't get me wrong, 
I mean, you go to a pub, you go to a, a bar, you go to a club, oh, a, a Drake a Drake joint's going to be on and you're going to be in, in a solid mood, right? Mm-hmm. But like you mentioned, is the issue is that it seems like he hasn't really evolved and gone to different stages, right? Because Kendrick Lamar has gone through different stages. Jay mm-hmm. Cole has gone through different stages. And hell, even Benny the Butcher and all those other artists, like they go through their phases, they go through their stages, they go through different albums that kind of change things. Yeah. And I wonder if it has something to do with like, he's kind of like the biggest rapper, right? Like you have a winning formula. Why would you change? Like you're on top, you're famous, probably one of the best rappers of all time. You know, and I don't, I know some people might not like that, but as far as record sales, the guy is everything he does is successful. And it's not just his songs, but like the culture around him. OVO is huge. You oh, know? it's enormous. To talk about Toronto 20 years ago to now, it's night and day. Like oh, yeah. everyone talks about Toronto. He's made a culture out of the city, um, as well as his music videos and what he does, right? Visually, like the, the Hotline Bling video where he's doing that goofy dance, you know, but it blew up and became people a meme. loved it and it became a meme. Like, I don't know if it's him deciding these things or the team around him, but his grasp on, you know, what's popular and what people like. But to to go back to what we were talking about with like reaching a point, he has it on every album, but there's only one or two tracks. He never goes full take care, you know? So on Nothing Was The Same, he's got the song Wu-Tang Forever, yeah, right? Good song. And he's got, you know, um, From Time. And he's got all these songs where he still has this ability, but I think maybe he just doesn't, he doesn't go all in on it, like yeah. take care, Agreed. right? Yeah, no, I agree. I absolutely agree with you there. Yeah, so, you know, like I said, J. Cole, KOD is another spectacular one, right? Yeah. Because, you know, I think everyone has a friend that is can be thought of or related to from that album of what J. Cole's talking about. If you're someone in your 20s, early 30s, probably like, yeah, like even high school age, you have people getting into, you know, the stuff he's talking about. Yeah, but of course. I think by 22, 23, like you can get what he's talking about and know someone or how it's affected them in, you know, whatever way. Right. And I'm purposely not saying what it is because if you know what I'm talking about, then you'll understand what I'm saying. Right. Exactly. So. Yeah. I think those are phenomenal choices, honestly. And Mm -hmm. I like, I like the breakdown of them. Um, Oddly enough is mine are a little bit different. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm going to start out with the first one. College Dropout, Kanye West. Yeah. In my opinion, just overall good album. And again, what I liked about this Kanye West is say what you want about what he does in his personal life and his personal opinions and et cetera, is you go back to college dropout and you can see the grind of this person, a guy that's trying to make it. Mm-hmm. That album describes it best. I mean, just the fact that he had one of his one of his most famous songs and he he literally did it when he just got into that accident mm-hmm. right what's it called through, through the, the wire, wire. Yep. through the wire is that album on its own through the wire it's just it's a motivational album especially through the wire because it's like even at even at his most difficult time he got into a severe accident he could have died he even talks about it on the song mm-hmm. how he could have died Went to the same hospital as Biggie, where Biggie Smalls died, etc. You know, he does his own thing. Mm-hmm. Is 
you know, he didn't. And then right away with a, with a fucked up jaw, he does a song and the song is still a banger. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's, that's an album that sticks out for me. Um, another one is Frank Ocean's, uh, channel orange. It's just one of my favorite, all, honestly, one of my all time favorite R and B albums. And it's just one of those albums that you're, it's, it's just a chill song. You, you can place it in the background. You can just chill. You can lay back. You can, you know, if you like to smoke J's, you can smoke a J or you like to have a beer or two. You can just lay back and listen to a lot of the song and it's just mellow. It's calm and it's chilling. Right. Mm-hmm. So that album's more, in my opinion, just, uh, yeah, just, just, just chill out, mellow out. So that's one of the reasons why I have it at, as one of the albums I listen to quite a bit. And then, of course, at number three, I can't leave without having, I mean, I can't even describe this artist at this point because Mitchell over here just gave the audience members everything they wanted to hear. But Forest Hills, J. Cole, Mm -hmm. one of the other albums I listened to a lot. When that album came out, I didn't quite do it like Mitchell did. He didn't listen to it right away. I listened to it right away. And just to contradict myself a little bit, it was actually one of the few albums of J. Cole that I listened to it the first time and already loved it mm-hmm. because typically it takes me two listens and I'm like, holy shit, I love this album. It's incredible. That one's the one that sticks out. And like uh, Mitchell said is he had, it's like, it's, it's like a hype song, hype album. Then it turns into a, an album where he's going through, it's just, it has it all. Mm-hmm. So for that reason, I have to have it on my list. And then just a quick honorable mention, I wanted to put how to pimp a butterfly. Yeah, that fucking album. The reason that I have to talk about that one really quickly is this one, again, goes back to what I've done in the past is where I listen to it once and I'm like, what the hell is this? Right. Then I go back and I listen to it again. And then right when you get to how much is a dollar cost? Mm-hmm. Oh, fuck. It just the album's exceptional. And and that's the reason why I had to even have this as an honorable mention. Just because, just an exceptional album, and Kendrick at his best, out of Pump a Butterfly. And one last honorable mention, because I just remembered it right now, My Dark Fantasy Princess, one of the best fucking albums of all time, Kanye West. Yeah, My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy, yeah. Thank you, thank you for the correction. That album, fucking exceptional. Mm-hmm. And I do want to talk about To Bimp a Butterfly, too, because that's an album I listened to day one, loved it day one, like... I remember I listened to the first half of the album. I didn't even get to the end of the album. I listened to the first like six or seven songs over and over. I just I one through myself. seven, one through seven, one through seven. It starts with Wesley's theory, yeah. like the introduction, and then it goes to King Kunta, institutionalized these walls, and it's yeah. like this like it's like groovy, you know. I want to exactly. say it like that, you know. And then like you said, it gets to like you know more more mature, more thought out topics near the end, and. How much a dollar costs is probably, I think, his best work. Easily. I have to say, you know, I've, I like a lot of Kendrick, but I think that song is one of the best things he's ever created. And it was it was fantastic. I loved it from start to finish. And it has that, um, yep. what's the word I'm looking for? It, it, it It's unexpected. It right? really is. It, it has that um, I Used to Love Her by Common, you know, where it yep. has you going one way and then boom, it hits you with something else. And you're like, damn, like, I can't believe like, I can't believe, you know, I didn't, I didn't think about it first. And you listen to it over and over again. And the detail and the storytelling of, 
you feel like you're there when he's talking about it. And this is something that Biggie did really well too. Exactly. Like Excellent storyteller. A lot of a lot of rappers can do this, but you feel like you're in the room and you could see what he's talking about, like a uh-huh. broken down gas station and he's running into this homeless guy. And you feel like you're there. I've never been to South Africa. Like yeah, I've never right. I've never been there, but I felt like I was there, you know. Exactly. And, and the way he described it is like this guy kept pestering him, like, give me, I'm just asking for a dollar. Then he moves up his money. And then by the end, it's like, and then he's just, he's, he's so pissed. Like this guy keeps ha- like harassing him. Then it turns out it's God mm-hmm. at the very end. Spoiler alert to any of those, but I'm pretty sure 80% of people at least have listened to how to pimp a butterfly and how much does a dollar cost is right when it gets to that. You're he, even Kendrick in the song is like, Oh, like what have I been doing? Mm-hmm. And then that's how the album changes where he's like, what am I doing? Like I've let the fame and everything get to me. Yeah. And that's what makes for a great album. Yeah, exactly. And then he ends it with mortal man where he goes on to say that the album is basically a poem because after each song, if you recall, there's a little bit more of the poem each time. Right. Or like he doesn't want to call it a poem. It's just how he's feeling, you know, like he also talks to Tupac. Yeah, exactly. At the end of it. And, when I heard Tupac's voice, I'm like, I can't believe he just did this. This is a masterpiece. No, like, right when he did Tupac, I'm like, wait, 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 is that actually Tupac? Mm-hmm. Like, it took me a minute. And then, sadly, you go on YouTube and it's like, no, it's a, it's an old... It's an old interview that they, they chopped in, but it sounded it sounded real. Like, oh, did Tupac come back from Cuba? You know, like, exactly. just to make a shout out <laughs> with Kendrick. Like, man, we knew he was alive. Exactly. It was like It was like a moment of clarity and happiness. And then it's like, no, he's not. Either way, that doesn't matter. Masterpiece of an album. And I, I can actually say that I think we both sort of argued that it might it might be in our top, at least in our top five. Yeah, definitely. It's, it's so hard for me to pick a top five because like hip hop is so huge and it's spanned over multiple decades. How could you pick your top five? There's so much and that's why, like, talent and incredible if, like rhymes put together throughout the history. And it is true because like, one thing that I want to just uh, mention to all the audience, in case you guys are wondering why I didn't mention other albums, specifically some Tupac albums, some Biggie Small albums, or even the Ghetto Boys, Wu-Tang Clan, all these great, exceptional artists, is I was just thinking more with the current times and some of the current albums that I've been currently listening to and gone back and listened to, because I do listen to all those, and I think those are exceptional albums. And that's why, like Mitchell just said, even by us like mentioning these three albums, it doesn't necessarily mean those are our all-time, oh my God, those are the top of the top albums. No. Exactly. These are three albums that sort of hit us, specifically because at the end of the day, I was born in 1991. I'm born in 94. And he's born in 94. So, you know, there's going to be albums that, you know, hit us differently from different eras. But all those previous albums, Outkast albums, we didn't even talk about Outkast. And Outkast is one of my favorite rap groups of all time, mm-hmm. right? But these albums found a way to get to us. And yeah. that's the reason why we sort of made slightly three picks that, you know, again, at the end of the day, it's how we're feeling. Yeah. And I think, I think different music could come into your life at a certain time. Like Good Kid, Mad City came out when I was in grade 11, you know? And what Kendrick was saying, it spoke to me, you know? And I think if you're like an old head and, you know, 2003, 2005, 50 Cent comes out and it comes out when you just got your driver's license or something, you're going to have a different connection 
with an album that came out at the time. So as you said, you know, we're, we're not too far apart in age. So we have a, a similar thought process of the albums that we're thinking of. Exactly. Right. Because like, like there's many artists, like when, when I thought about, when I really thought this out is that's where I struggled because I was like, wait, but I really like DMX's Rough Riders. And I really, but then it came down to what I listened to when I was in high school and then moving on to adulthood. Mm-hmm. And that's the reason why these albums stuck out a little bit more. But yes, I do jam to Rough Riders actually quite a bit. But like, again, these are just albums that really, in, in that specific time, hold a special place in our hearts. I want to ask you about an album that's a little bit of a wild card. And my personal opinion of it has changed over time. What did you think of Yeezus? That is a good question. When it first came out, whack. Mm-hmm. After a couple of li- a couple of songs, after sorry, a couple of listens, Yeezy, 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 Yeezy. I was yeah. I was saying all that exactly, so. exactly. I remember the first time hearing that, and it starts with the like the like like the feedback and like the beginning, and there he's. What he's doing with the beat is like, it's like, I don't even know how to describe it. It sounds like robotic, you know? Yeah, exactly. And he's, he has a chorus. The singer is like, we're here to give you what you want or what you need. It may not be what you want. And the, the absolute confidence of that statement. So I'll say it again. We're here to give you what you need. It may not be what you want. And 10 years later, I hear that. I'm like, wow, this, he was so ahead of his time of his time with that album. Like we didn't even understand it. This guy was on Saturn and we were like, you know, in the stone age with like, and, and that's what makes uh, Kanye special because 808 was the same sort of thing. Mm-hmm. When it first came out, I'm like, what the fuck is this shit, man? This is trash. Yeah. And then you listen to it like not even a year later, like three or four months. Actually, I kind of like 808. Yeah. <laughs> right. It's that's the, that's the. Say what you want about Kanye. Uh, he's definitely a mastermind when it comes to music, for sure. Yeah. Yeezus is one of my favorite albums, believe it or not. And I can honestly say one of my favorite albums. Like, starts with, you know, Black Skin Head, New Slaves, Blood on the Leaves, and Bound 2. Like, they're using, like, the clip of it in, like, TikTok and stuff. Like, the song, 10 years later, they're still using, like... What you doing in the club on a Thursday? I'm here for my girl's birthday. Rock forever 21, but just turn 30. You know, like. Oh, shit. I, I like that. Yeah. You know, those those lines, it's like, they sounded so cheesy at the time. But I'm now I'm like, man, this is just hilarious, you exactly. know. Exactly. And I think that was a person. And, and Black Skinhead is fucking ridiculous. Yeah. Like, I listened to that song literally, and he, he can attest to this. Like, what, two days ago? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I listened to it here out in Courtney. So that te- that speaks volume on its own. Yeah. All right. So with that being said, is there anything else you'd like to mention as far as albums go? Do you have an album that you want to like but just can't? Donda. Donda? Yep. Yeah. That's that's one of mine too. <laughs> the album, oh man, this album is so good. You just got to listen to it. And you just can't get yourself to like it no matter how much you try it, and also, you know, it's another one. This is a sad one. And um, the recent Kendrick Lamar album. I, exactly. I wanted to like it. I get what he was doing. Yeah. But I can't. And it's it, like I listened. To, I remember when I first listened to it, I was in so, so much. Uh, 
I was in such severe denial mm-hmm. that <laughs> that what's I'm gonna call it? I'm like, nah, man, this album's great. And then like somebody asked me a, and oddly enough, it was it was my it was actually my sister. And how many times have you heard it? I I can't even say I finished it. And then I'm like, ah, uh, that's a good point. And then same, I went to the barber shop. I'm like yeah good point just mm-hmm. one time and and that was enough mm-hmm. it just kind of came and went hey yeah which is too bad but like especially for the amount of time we've been waiting yeah exactly but i just wanted to know what what album you thought that you just tried to like but can't those are the two big ones man those are the ones that stuck out more than anything and they're more they're more recent too right yeah in the are. last like three four years exactly that's why they came to mind right away mm-hmm. and that's a phenomenal question man I like that. Yeah. And uh, if you're listening at home, let us know what's an album that you want to like really bad, but just you just can't get into it. Just l- let us know because we want to hear it just like the, the Peaky Blinders ending. Exactly. And uh, a, a way to, to ask us all that is none other than the Nasty Things Reddit page. Mm-hmm. And over there, you can ask us any questions or things that you want to see us talk about in the near future. So with that being said, before we let the audience go, is are there some last minute things you'd like to talk about or things that maybe people should check out before, uh, since they're listening to this episode? No, I think we've been through a lot of it. I just wanted to thank you for having me on the podcast. This is part two. We did part one earlier and you know, you're going to hear this last week, the viewer and you know, thanks for having me. And you know, I've had such a good time on the podcast and I hope to uh, be on again sometime in the future. Absolutely. And you know what? We will definitely have you back on and you know, there's there's plenty of time to have you back on. We'll have you on in the future. I'm excited. I had a great time with you. Part one was excellent. Part two was fun, just like part one. So, yeah. So quickly before I let everyone go, I just wanted to plug a just a couple of things. Like I mentioned earlier, the nasty things Reddit. Give us a write us a message, like Mitchell said. Ask us about some of the albums that you tried to like but you didn't like. And then of course, follow us on Spotify. Um, anywhere that you can really find any of your podcasts, we're on there. And of course, uh, follow our in- my Instagram page, PastoraNation027. And with all that being said, stay nasty.